Welcome back to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. My name is John Beltheis, the senior writer for BadgerBlitz.com. Joined once again by John McNamara and Jonathan Mills. John McNamara is our uh, fearless leader, the publisher of BadgerBlitz.com, and Jonathan Mills is our staff writer for BadgerBlitz.com. How's it going, you guys? Are you ready for an uh, interesting week of uh, UW football coming up? I think so. I think... Um... You know, I think a lot of fans expect Wisconsin to to roll Nebraska with the way that they've started the season, but um, I think it's going to be a close contest. I think it's going to be an interesting game. Um, you know, the night element there I think is big, so I think there's a lot to talk about, um, and maybe not as uh, as comfortable of a game as Wisconsin fans may expect. Yeah, it should be an exciting weekend full of football. Um, Big Ten plays finally getting into the real swing of things. Wisconsin took down Northwestern last weekend, and now they're going to another kind of rival foe in the Big Ten West, Nebraska. So it should be an entertaining weekend of football. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the Nebraska or the Northwestern game, excuse me. Uh, obviously, the the big storyline coming out of that uh, was that uh, Troy Fumagalli was not able to go. Kind of a, a, a surprising. Uh, injury flare-up. He was he was not listed on the uh, the team's injury report either on Monday or on Thursday when they uh, kind of update it one last time before um, they uh, go through preseason or um, pregame warmups. Excuse me. So definitely surprising to see Fumagalli not uh, be able to play, and it really looked like the Badger uh, passing game missed having him out there working in the middle of the field. I mean, you know, they they were still able to move the ball. Eventually, and it took them a little while to uh, to get going. But they, uh, you know, he, Fumagalli is such a um, a weapon for that offense to have. And I thought that they really, you know, it was noticeable not having him. Uh, so obviously, that's the big question going into this weekend's game against Nebraska: is if the Badgers are you know, going to have Troy Fumagalli available uh, from. What Paul Chris said today, uh, earlier this morning, which was on Thursday after practice, uh, sounds like Fumagalli has done some um, work and practice every day this week and has kind of added more and more to his plate as the week has gone on. So, you know, we'll, we'll see that, that he's listed as questionable as of the uh, – you know, what, what do you think uh, John Fumagalli brings to Wisconsin's offense? And I guess did you see the same thing that I saw in that – you know, he, he's he's a hard guy to replace if they don't have him out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, going back to last week when the word came out that he wasn't going to play against Northwestern, I said, you know, that, that that's a, a significant loss. But, um, you know, after after going through that game, I think even more so, I think I may have, you know, underestimated how significant of a loss it was. You know, you look at, um, you know, Alex Hornerbrook and his performance against BYU with the healthy Troy Fumagalli and just how, just how sharp and efficient he was. And then – you know, uh, two weeks later when they played Northwestern, he, he looked shaky. He looked a little bit uncomfortable at times. The footwork wasn't great at times. I don't think it's all due to Troy Fumagalli not being there, but um, he's, he's clearly the, you know, the most – the guy he has maybe the most confidence in, the guy he's most comfortable in. And, you know, even on plays that, you know, aren't designed for him or plays that break down, it just seems like Fumagalli is always open across the middle – He's really kind of that safety blanket that, that I think Alex Hornbrook had through those first uh, handful of games for Wisconsin. So, you know, when he wasn't there, there was a big void left. And, you know, Kyle Pennison had one catch, and that's all you got, you know, as far as receptions from that tight end position. Um, I think even if um, a limited Troy Fumagalli, if he's able to go into against Nebraska's 
is much better than the scenario of not having him at all. Um, it was a bigger difference than I thought it was going to be not having him against Northwestern, even though I thought that it, you know missing him was going to be a pretty significant blow. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that one. I mean, even looking ahead, Fumagalli's injury, I mean, this is also right now affecting his stock in the possible NFL draft next year. I know a lot of a lot of scouts are were coming in um, last weekend against when Wisconsin played Northwestern and does not have Fumagalli on the field and just kind of watch off Wisconsin's offense stutter a little bit in the first two quarters. It was uh, maybe a wake-up call for this team that other players are going to have to step up and fill the gap until – Fumagalli can come back. Yeah, I think the thing is that you know he uh, there's so many things that he can do um, when he's working in the middle of the field, and obviously you know when he's healthy and out there, he's Alex Hornerbrook's number one uh, you know passing option in terms of the guy that he's going to look to, especially on those those uh, crucial like long third downs. I've kind of called him, he's like the offense's uh, magic eraser. I mean, like if it's third and 15, you know, they can look to Fumagalli and have a decent chance of uh, converting the play. If the route is, if the route is uh, on target and uh, he gets a little bit of space to work with. And so, you know, having him out there, I mean, defenses focus in on, uh, on covering him. And so even if they, even if they do have a matchup where they feel like they can put a player on him um, and, uh, you know, maybe take him away a little bit, that takes away, you know, a good defensive player from covering one of Wisconsin's other passing, you know, pass catching options. And, you know, since they have more of them this year, it seems like with obviously Jazz Peavy is coming back from being the team's leading receiver, but, you know, through a couple of games here, he's fourth out of uh, their top four wide receivers in terms of catches with, uh, Quintez Cephas and AJ Taylor and Danny Davis all stepping up. And so, you know, having Fumagalli out there, uh, if you're going to run, you know, plays with two wide receivers, three wide receivers, I mean, it just, it puts so much extra pressure on the defense to cover. And, you know, if you can't cover Fumagalli, then, you know, that's problem one. That's problem number one to solve. If you can, then defenses kind of have to figure out who they're going to, you know, kind of focus in on, um, you know, after that and taking away a good cover person to cover from Gali, it really seems like it opens up some space, particularly for uh, Cephas and AJ Taylor to work with. And so, you know, having him out there, it just makes Wisconsin's offense that much more dynamic, which is, I mean, it's a new look. I mean, we're, we're used to seeing the Badgers having, you know, a top tight end and maybe a, you know, a number one receiver, but having, you know, a potentially an all American tight end and then three or four wide receivers that they trust. I mean, it, it adds a lot to Wisconsin's offense. Yeah, and, you know, like you talked about, it's a trickle-down effect. You know, I think it starts with Fumagalli and, you know, teams, you know, having a game plan around him. And then, you know, when, when you dedicate, you know, maybe maybe a linebacker and a, a safety shading to his side, that opens up stuff for the wide receivers. And that opens up stuff then for the running game. So, um, you know, when you eliminate that kind of top piece, then it makes it a little bit easier to focus on the things below him. So, you know, like you mentioned, I think that's great. Uh, you know, a great thing to say that he, he's an eraser. You know, he he, he erases a lot of mistakes. Um, like I said, he he's always open. You know, six foot six and two hundred fifty plus pounds. Right, an excellent athlete who who catches everything. And um, you know, you know, like you talked about Mills. You know, maybe he's one of the first one, two, or three tight ends taken in this upcoming draft. Now, long ways away, but you know, he's he's a special talent, and, and uh, I think that definitely showed in his absence against Northwestern. Yeah, so I mean, the I guess the good news for the Badgers, then, like we were talking about, is that it, it seems like he's, you know, he's questionable on the injury report, but 
I feel like he's he's more likely than not to uh, to be able to go out there. I guess it just depends on you know how he feels after uh, today, you know, practice today, which is Thursday, uh, and you know they'll make the trip out to uh, out to Lincoln soon, and then you know maybe he's a maybe he's a game time decision. But uh, you know it, it's it looks like he's going to play, and if he does, it's definitely I think good news for uh, Wisconsin's offense as they go into uh, you know a, what looks like a pretty important game against uh, Nebraska. But before we really dig into uh, our Nebraska, uh, you know, preview in terms of what we're looking for in this weekend's matchup. Uh, the Badgers got a a, a commitment uh, from Dante Burton, cornerback uh, in their uh, 2018 recruiting class. So, uh, John McNamara, why don't you uh, break down a little bit how this uh, how this came about? Obviously, you know, spots are uh, spots are limited in uh, Wisconsin's you know uh, upcoming recruiting class. So, what what is it about? Uh, Burton that uh, made it a fit on on both sides. Yeah, so it, it's interesting because um, you know we've we've talked about you know earlier in this recruiting cycle that Wisconsin was full at one point, and that was I think right around when Travion Blaylock committed. Uh, you kind of thought that was going to be the last spot for for Wisconsin in this class, but you know, at the same time when you were talking about that, there was such a long way to go, and now um, you know the news of Trent Ingles, uh, the in-state kid who kind of backed away from his commitment to Wisconsin. Right. Uh, just kind of backing away from football in general. It doesn't sound like he'll play after high school. Um, you know, Wisconsin got word of that. And I think they've known for a while. They kind of officially opened up another spot. Um, you know, they looked at a number of positions, but, you know, at cornerback, they were in on some some pretty big targets. And um, they really just kind of turned up the heat again uh, on Dante Burton. I think it says a lot for the staff what they're able to do, you know, just in the last handful of weeks to go in amp things up with him, get him on campus for an official visit, and secure his commitment while he was there, I think uh, it is big because, you know, he's a guy, you know, 20-plus offers throughout his recruitment. You know, schools like Notre Dame, uh, Nebraska, Louisville, Oregon, Virginia Tech, um, you know, some pretty big programs that were after him. Now a few of those schools kind of filled up and maybe weren't as interested as they were, you know, early in his recruitment. But um, it's it's a big get for Wisconsin. I think it's another big thing for Wisconsin to get back in Georgia, a state that's just yeah. chock full of of big time prospects. Um, so it's it's similar to Florida, where you know even if you're going in there and getting second tier and third tier guys, there there's certainly guys that are going to help your program. Now uh, Burton, uh, he's going to graduate early. I think he'll have a chance to play right away, and we've seen that Jim Leonard is is certainly allowed true freshmen to do that. Um, you know, Madison Cohen's playing this year, although it's, you know, in, in a more limited role. Um, but, you know, five foot 11, 173 pounds, runs pretty well. You know, we talked to to Chad Simmons, our Rivals.com guy down in Georgia, and he says he's a physical corner, um, you know, that, that'll get in your face and he can attack the ball in the air. So, um, you know, I think he'll be a guy that definitely has a chance to contribute right away, especially if you're looking at losing maybe your top two corners this year and Derek Tindall who graduate – and then Nick Nelson, who could potentially leave early for the NFL. Um, you know, Dante Burton's a guy that we could see as early as next fall. Interesting. I mean, like, yeah, the, that's one position where, uh, you know, the, in general, the Badgers haven't had a ton of true freshmen come in and contribute, except for corner, um, which is which is interesting. I don't know what that if what that says about uh, you know the you know Wisconsin's. Um, the cornerbacks that they've brought in over the, the, the couple, you know, past couple of years, or if maybe they, maybe at that position, depending on the assistant coach, they feel like if you can play, like you can play, you don't need to, 
you know, spend a year or two in the system um, developing. Because, you know, I'm thinking of uh, um, Sojourn Shelton played right away. Um, Derek Tindall played early on. Um, obviously, Dante Carrier-Williams is a redshirt freshman. Um, so it just seems like an interesting position where, you know, if you've got the talent to, uh, to play at the college level, they're going to stick you in there and, uh, you know, see if you can help. Yeah, I, I don't position that any to play – you know, as a true freshman, but, you know, if there is one that you can kind of stick in, if you're able to, to understand the, the defensive scheme, I think that, you know, a good coordinator can, can kind of water it down for you. And if you're a good enough athlete and you have that confidence, uh, corner's a good place for you to play early if you do have that talent. And, you know, you mentioned a handful of guys that have done it for Wisconsin. Um, you know, we'll see. There's a long way to go with Burton, but, you know, especially a guy yeah. who comes in and, and goes through that spring camp, when they go through that fall camp, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, things really slow down for them. So, you know, especially on a team that, like I mentioned, you know, maybe you lose your top two corners. Um, you know, a guy like Titus Booker, has he been passed up? You know, that, that corner, that yeah. position is going to be kind of wide open next year. So it's going to be a lot of youngsters, you know, it'd be crazy to kind of think that Dante Carrier Williams might be the veteran of that group next year. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I think Burton's definitely has a chance. I think he has that pedigree to be able to come and play right away. And guys that, you know, pick up 30-plus scholarship offers like he did, you know, they're, they're guys that want to play right away. So I think right. uh, it'll be a match on both sides. Um, so if I had to bet on, on today if he plays right away as a true fresh, I'd probably say yeah, but obviously a lot, a long ways to go. Sure. Um, so with, uh, with that uh, recruiting uh, segment wrapped up a little bit. Why don't we uh, take a look at this upcoming game between the Badgers and Nebraska? Obviously, uh, I, I, you know, in doing some uh, some preparation for articles and you know, getting ready for this game, I, I didn't realize that uh, you know the Badgers have uh, only lost the one game to Nebraska since they joined the Big Ten uh, back in 2011, which was the uh, 2012 game, uh, Wisconsin's first game out at. Uh, Memorial Stadium since the Cornhuskers uh, came in and joined the conference. I, and if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe that was Joel Stave's first um, road start for the Badgers as a, as their starting quarterback. I could be I could be wrong. That's just what I remember. But uh, you know, Badgers have certainly dominated the the series since you know they became um, conference mates and then eventually division rivals. Um, an important game from what it looks like, uh, you know, Nebraska and Wisconsin are the only two undefeated uh, in, in conference play teams in the Big Ten West. And so, you know, if the Badgers could hand Nebraska their first conference loss, uh, that kind of puts them in the driver's seat in the, in the division. And, you know, some of the players were saying this week that, you know, if you can, if you can get that head-to-head win, that kind of puts you basically up two games over um, the teams that you've beaten uh, in conference because you own the head-to-head tiebreaker. And so even if you were to drop a game and they were to keep pace, uh, you would win the tiebreaker if you happen to have that same record in conference play. So obviously it looks like an important game, um, uh, and I'm curious as to what you guys are kind of expecting to see out of the team when they uh, head out to Nebraska this weekend. Well, I think this weekend it's going to be a very – very entertaining game. Um, I'm a big believer in comfortability. Uh, we all know Wisconsin's great record at home at Camp Randall, and Nebraska boasts a similar one as well. Right now, in night home games at Memorial, they're 46 and five. They had that dates back to I believe 1986 when they lost their when they played their first home night game ever, and that was beating I believe Florida State. 
And looking a little bit closer into this, though, the key for Nebraska right now is that they have been the, they haven't been the underdog for a night game at home. They've only done it twice. That was against Oklahoma in 2009, and I think Michigan in 2015. So Nebraska has a lot to play for this weekend. I talked to um, one of our one of the rivals writers in Nebraska. He said this weekend is huge for their recruiting. He said there's going to be a lot of four star and five star players in town. They're um, supporting the Husker 97 team with the New Jerseys. It's a night game, so this is a big game for not only Wisconsin but. I, I think even a bigger game for Nebraska. Yeah, you know, I, I, the time the time switch on this one, you know, to, to make it a night kickoff, I think is huge. Um, you know, it's it's been a frustrating season so far for Nebraska, but, um, you know, that atmosphere is going to be electric at night. Um, you know, I think Wisconsin has great fans, uh, but Nebraska's fans, uh, they're there at kickoff. You know, every single one of them are in their seats yeah, ready no to go kidding. and – um, I, you know, that's, that's going to be a difficult atmosphere to play. And even though I do think Wisconsin is, is more talented on both sides of the ball, um, you know, like you talked about Mills, it's going to be a big event for them recruiting wise and, and bringing in past players. I mean, they're going to make it to be as big of a deal as they possibly can. And, um, you know, if, if it's this, a four quarter game where Nebraska is hanging around at the end, I think you worry quite a bit as if you're a Wisconsin fan now. Um, if they can go and really pound the ball in their first couple series and put some points on the board and grab a lead, I think you can take that crowd out of the game. But uh, like I said, if, if Nebraska's hanging around towards the end, I think you, you worry quite a bit if you're a Wisconsin fan. From what I've been told, I mean, this is all they've been talking about for weeks, players, students, coaches, everyone. This is like a huge, huge game for them this weekend, everyone out there in Nebraska. So, uh, again, with the energy, it's gonna be it's going to be a – Formidable matchup for Wisconsin, even on even before kickoff. Yeah, you can count me as somebody that is uh, not a fan of the time change or uh, moving the game to uh, uh, an evening evening time slot, just because my flight out of Omaha the following morning is at six o'clock. Um, so I'm going to be. Sp- I'm not exactly looking forward to spending you know four or five hours in the Omaha airport after I get done with that game. Uh, but you know you can't really predict what time these games are going to be at. So. You know, what are you going to do? Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, it's, it really seems like it's uh, – this is a pretty big deal. I mean, I think Nebraska um, fans and uh, the team itself probably feel like, you know, obviously they had their their struggles earlier in the year, but they've kind of they've kind of leveled out a little bit. And, uh, you know, obviously um, their their defense seems to be a little more comfortable running that, uh, that new 3-4 um, scheme that – Bob Diaco uh, brought in as their new defensive coordinator. So, you know, uh, if if you're looking for a couple of get right games, I mean, playing Rutgers and Illinois are uh, probably pretty high up on your list in terms of teams that you'd like to play if you want to get yourself back on track. So, I, I'm a little skeptical, you know, about just how much better the the defense has gotten uh, since their first couple games, where um, Oregon put up. Uh, I, I think they. Uh, Oregon averaged more than seven yards per play and uh, Arkansas state kind of tore them apart through the air in their um, first game of the season. So I guess we'll see, you know, just how much uh, Nebraska's improved and, you know, if they've, if they've taken some steps forward. Yeah, I think, uh, and you know, maybe this is something where playing a four quarter game against Northwestern last week comes in handy for the Badgers and that, you know, now that they've had kind of that wake up call, um, you know, they will be a little bit more prepared to, you know, play, 
through four quarters and not maybe take your foot off the gas offensively or defensively once you um, you know get past uh, you know the third quarter and you know the, those first couple of games in the non-conference season once you got into the third once you got into the fourth quarter and jump around was done then they you know send in the second team and uh, you know kind of get the starters some rest but they're not really going to have that luxury in the rest of Big Ten play. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of this comes down to you know what they what Nebraska gets from Tanner Lee. Um, you know, he's a guy that at the beginning of the season you talked about. Uh, you know, a guy that probably plays in the NFL. He's you know he's he's physically a great player. He throws the ball well, but you know he's he's improved as of late. But you know he's got ten touchdown passes, but also nine interceptions. So you know, can Wisconsin uh, you know force him into making some some plays that work in their advantage? Um, you know, Trey Bryant is is their their running back that started off the season really well. I think he had two uh, two back-to-back games where he rushed you know close to 150 yards, but now he's yeah. out. Um, sounds like he won't play. Um, you know, and that then you're talking to the Nebraska guys too. They say that offensive line for for Nebraska is maybe one of their weak spots where Wisconsin can take advantage. But um, you know, I just pulled this up. Even you know what you were talking about, Mills. You know, this is a game that Nebraska fans want to win. The current players are talking about win. Even you know, before Wisconsin kind of popped up on the schedule, you know, if you look at these games, it's either Wisconsin blows them out or they, they squeak it away at the, at the end of the game in some real tight ones. You know, I remember that Big Ten title game, you know, that was 70 to 31. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the last two years, you know, Wisconsin, they won in overtime last year. And then at Nebraska two years ago where Gagley and One kicked that field goal as time was expiring. So, um, you know, either they blow them out or kind of take their heart out right at the end. So certainly a game that that's going to be huge for Nebraska, both in guys, you know, on that current roster trying to get a win against Wisconsin and, you know, putting up a signature win against, you know, a top 10 program. So uh, I, there's a lot going on, a lot of storylines for this one, and I think it'll be a close ball game. Do you guys, either of you guys have a, a score prediction that you feel comfortable making or if not a score prediction, a, a result that you're kind of feeling is more likely one way or the other? Um, at the beginning of the season, I had Nebraska beating Wisconsin, but looking at the recent play of Tanner Lee, um, his turnovers are just really a calling card to me right now that he may not be the quarterback that everyone's been hyping about. Um, I see Wisconsin pulling it out, but I see it coming down to the fourth quarter. I do not have a comfortable score, though. Yeah, um, like I said, I think it's going to be closer than people anticipate. I think they're double-digit favorites going into they this are. game. It's like 11 or 12 points. Um, I, if, okay, if this game was at 11 o'clock, I, I think it might be you know a game that Wisconsin wins by double digits. With, with everything that's going on, you know, Nebraska, look, they're not as talented as Wisconsin. But like I like I talked about, you know, that atmosphere is going to be going. And if if Wisconsin makes this a four quarter game, I, I think there's there's a lot to be worried about, you know, down the stretch. If if Nebraska can make a play late, um, so I, I I do think it's close. I think it's around twenty one to seventeen. Um, I think Wisconsin wins, but it's going to be closer than people think. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of feeling the same way. I think the the point spread is. Uh... I'm not a not a gambling person. Uh, although, if I were uh, if I had the opportunity, um, you know, you never know. But uh, I think though that's that's a really high, uh, you know, point spread uh, for uh, um, the Badgers to be a road favorite. So I I, I think I'm kind of thinking that uh, Nebraska, um, you know, gets the 
um, or you know covers the covers the spread there. Um, but I, I, th I in looking at the the actual matchup and you know just some um, doing some statistical analysis, it just you know if the if the Badgers are if the Badgers are on their game and you know you can avoid the you know three or four turnovers in the first half like what they had um, last week against Northwestern. Um, you know, and like what you were saying, um, John McNamara before that, uh, you know, if they can get their offense going early and, you know, maybe score a touchdown or two you know, within their first couple of drives. Um, I, I feel like the Badgers are talented enough where they can, um, even, even with all of this, you know, the, the hype that Nebraska is going to have for this game and all of this, you know, intangible stuff that's going to be going on. I still feel like the Badgers are going to win by about a touchdown. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's closer. You know they can't um, you know lose the turnover battle, um, especially with a, a you know playing a guy like Tanner Lee who will you know give you some chances to pick off some passes. Um, and you know it's like I was saying before, I think the offense needs to start fast, but I, I do think that the Badgers are talented enough where you will see them win by about a touchdown, even with um, you know all the the factors going against them. This is obviously uh, this looks like it's going to be their toughest game of the season so far. So we will. Uh, we will uh, see on Saturday night uh, what this uh, what this shakes out to look like, um, and uh, you know hopefully I'll be able to get some sleep in the Omaha airport afterward, um, and uh, we'll get back. I'll be back in Madison on uh, early Sunday morning at least. Well, I certainly feel bad for you, John. I, uh, <laughs> I would just recommend just rocking all the way through and sleeping on the flight. But yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, I think I'm just gonna once the once I wrap up from Memorial Stadium, I'll just head straight to the airport and keep working there until they uh, close the door on the plane, and then you know I'll sleep a little bit, and hopefully I'll be awake by the Packer game later in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you got a plan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks again for uh, joining us on the uh, the BadgerBlitz.com podcast uh, for. John McNamara and Jonathan Mills, uh, make sure that you go out and follow them on uh, social media, out on Twitter. And uh, if, you, uh, if you don't already, make sure you subscribe to BadgerBlitz.com. Uh, you've got a lot of cool um, premium articles up on the site, and obviously we'll have a lot more, um, including uh, some uh, excellent photos, as always, from our, our uh, great photographer, Dan Sanger, from what's going to look like. I imagine it's going to be a really cool atmosphere to uh, to take in at uh, Memorial Stadium, and uh, I will do my best to uh, convey as much of the uh, as much of the game as I can. Uh, from uh, it's, it's my first trip out to uh, Nebraska for this game, so I'm pretty excited just to take in the stadium. Seems like a really cool one. Uh, so I think that's going to do it uh, for us here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast for this week. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>